Thank you so much. Let's turn to the book of Revelation, last chapter of Revelation, last chapter of the Bible, Revelation chapter number two. Uh, thank you for all of the music, and it has certainly been a blessing. And we look at Revelation chapter number 22 tonight, and uh, as I was preparing the messages for the day, of course, uh, uh, the morning message, we are in a little series. We've been in Ephesians chapter number two, and then thinking about the message tonight uh, being a Labor Day weekend, and uh, I wanted to, uh, Lord, put this thought on my heart, and it's a reminder of us uh, to keep our eyes on the main thing. And uh, tonight we're going to preach from Revelation chapter number 22. I enjoy the book of Revelation. A lot of times, a lot of Christians are scared of the book of Revelation. As a child of God, we shouldn't be scared of the book of Revelation. Uh, it reminds us of what we're saved from. It uh, reminds us of the urgency to get the gospel to the lost of how horrible it is going to be uh, when that, that time takes place, when God calls His children home, and the Spirit of God is taken out of this world. Uh, what a Hollywood cannot produce, a horror film uh, to depict what's going to take place when God pours His wrath out. It reminds us of the urgency of seeing people saved. It reminds us of what we're, gonna, we're saved from. It reminds us of the eternity of with our Lord to be in His presence. And uh, certainly we want to keep our focus on that. And I would encourage you, and I've mentioned this before, take the time to read the book of Revelation in one setting. Revelation chapter 1 to Revelation chapter number 22. And I'll give you a little Bible study tip. This is what's helped me uh, in my Bible study. It's helped me in, if you will, the, the Bible is the best commentary on itself. And I can't tell you the last time I picked up a commentary uh, I, because the Bible, what has helped me, I got a, a message from a preacher and, and I don't consider myself uh, uh, in anything special, but he asked me, he said, just what do, do you, what do you use? And, and he and the preacher were talking about how, what, Give me some ideas of how to study the Bible. And I got to thinking about that. I never thought about that. But I got to thinking, well, what I, what, the only thing I do is I will read books of the Bible at a time. And that truly is something that will help you uh, in understanding the Word of God is to sit in one setting, uh, read through a book of the Bible. I wouldn't recommend reading through the Bible in one setting, but I would recommend uh, taking the Bible and uh, uh, carving out some time, but especially the book of Revelation. and allows the Holy Spirit of God to connect the dots, if I can say it like that, uh, through that book of the Bible as we have it in one setting, not being interrupted. And so just, just something for you to consider, something you might want to consider. But we come to Revelation chapter number 22 tonight, the last chapter of the Bible. And we're going to read from verse number 1 through verse number 13. And my goal tonight, as we uh, are on this holiday weekend, as we're getting into the last few months of the year, that, that, that final push into the holiday season, we want to hit our goals, we got a lot to accomplish for the Lord, is to make sure we are focused on Christ and His return. There's not enough said uh, in this world today about the fact that Jesus is coming again. And He is coming again. Uh, a lot of times we don't want to talk about that because we're not ready for Him. Because we haven't prepared for Him. But if you live ready for Him, well, that's a great way to live. Uh, you're looking for Him. And so tonight we'll read the first 13 verses. You follow along as I read. Verse number 1 of Revelation 22. And He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life which bear twelve manner of fruits, 
and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of, of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true, when the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. When I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Tonight, our focus is going to be on verse number 12 and verse number 13. And behold, I come quickly. As we look at the book of Revelation, we come to this last chapter. We know that the Lord has revealed the end times to the Apostle John. We read the beginning of this book and we, we read how John was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and he was on that exile on that island of Patmos and, and the Lord revealed to him everything that would take place. And this is a reminder as we come to the end of verse number 22 that not only are these things real, but there should be an urgency when it comes to our reaction to them. And we're reminded, and we think we have a lot of time, don't we? Until time goes by. We think there's a lot of, that's something that's going to take place in the future, but we're reminded and in the midst of his final instructions, if you will, in verse number 7, he, he stops for a moment just to remind, Behold, I come quickly. And in our text tonight, and behold, I come quickly. Tonight, I just want to be very practical, and I want to give us some things to consider concerning Christ's return. Some things just to consider concerning Christ's return. Father, we come to you tonight thankful for what you've done for us today. We thank you for uh, the blessings. We thank you for... Uh, the ministering to us. Father, we thank you for the reminder uh, that it's by grace are we saved. We thank you for the reminder that we are your workmanship. Uh, we are a product of your work. Father, may you continue to work in each and every life, each and every heart, each and every home. And uh, Father, may we be uh, a vessel unto honor for you. May our lives give uh, honor and glory to you. I pray down for the next few minutes as we focus on the return of your son, may we be reminded of a few things. May they challenge us. May they convict us. Uh, may they prompt us to continue to be faithful. May they prompt us to continue to preach the gospel. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Of course, in one message, there is no, not enough time for me to cover the entire doctrine of the second coming of Christ. But rest assured, Jesus is coming again. 
There's many references throughout the, the, the New Testament. There's pr- prophecies, of course, and uh, there's many that we could refer to, and they're all very helpful. But I think one of the best uh, reminders, one of the best scriptures on the, the fact that Christ is coming again is found in the book of Acts, the first chapter. Often we focus, as we should, on the ascension of Christ. We spend some time on it this year, as in years past, in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, as Jesus has the church there, and he reminds them that they need to be empowered by the Spirit of God. And then once they are empowered, they go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost, to be witnesses of him, to be witnesses of his resurrection, to preach the gospel to the world. And what a, what a verse of Scripture for the church to be focused on. We shouldn't be distracted from all the other things that will distract us today, but be focused on what Christ commanded us to do before he ascended into heaven. But as he ascended into heaven, as you can imagine, that those that witnessed that, the, the, how stunning that would be. As their mind tried to process what they are witnessing. And then there were... Two men, two angels stood by them in white apparel. In verse 11, they say, Which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. As we think of Revelation, the book of Revelation and Christ's return in our text tonight, the same Jesus that was born of a manger, the same Jesus who at 12 years of age that he, 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 he astounded the scholars. The same Jesus that lived a sinless life and went into his earthly ministry. Healing the sick. Healing the blind. Granting forgiveness and salvation. This same Jesus that performed the miracles. This same Jesus that walked on the water. This same Jesus that sweat drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. This same Jesus that was mocked and this same Jesus that was beaten and bruised for you and I. This same Jesus that was nailed to that old cross. This same Jesus that took upon him the sins of the world. This same Jesus that in the last hours of the the malefactor on his side said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Even as he was bearing the sins of the world, granted that forgiveness. This same Jesus that said, it is finished. This same Jesus that gave up the ghost. He gave his life. Man didn't take it from him. He gave his life for you and I. This same Jesus that three days later came victorious out of the tomb. Holding the keys to death and hell. This same Jesus that we referenced in Acts chapter number 1 in verse 11 as he ascended into heaven, this same Jesus is the same Jesus that is coming again. This same Jesus is the same Jesus who's coming again. But it's important for man to understand. First time, he came as a sacrifice. He came as a lamb. The second time, he's coming as the king. He's coming to take his rightful place as ruler of all things. And as Jesus has given John 
a glimpse into what is going to take place in the future. The focus as we come to this last chapter, we're re- reminded that as all of these things come to pass, there, if I can put it this way, there'll be no more talking about them. There'll be no more water cooler discussions of how do you think this is going to take place or how do you think that's going to take place and what do you think the Bible means when, 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 when that prophet wrote this and what do you think exactly is the tribulation going to be like? And Well, I'm not going to be here for one. And, and so uh, what do you think this is going to... And who is this... Be? There's going to be no more discussion about that. Because Jesus says in verse 11, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. Meaning the time will pass. Those who are unjust, those who are lost in their sin... He was just filthy, let him be filthy still. The, t- the opportunity will be over because when Christ comes back, the opportunity for a man to get his soul prepared be long past. And if you're unsaved, you'll be unsaved forever. But likewise, and he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He says that the time is going to come where all of these things that are prophetic and all of these things that I'm telling you, John... They're going to come to pass. And so he ties it all together as a reminder. And, and we can look at the end of, of, the, of, of, of the chapter, verse number 20. He which testified these things saith, surely I come quickly. The Lord is coming back. I want to give us just a few things to think of to consider concerning Christ's return. And hopefully we'll think on these things tonight. We'll think on these things throughout our day this week. As a Christian, as the world gets further and further away from God, as, as burdens come and difficulties come and dreams that we had are shattered and, and uh, things that take place that we never thought would take place, and as we continue to serve the Lord, may we keep our eyes focused on the end. That He is coming again. Let me mention a few things to us tonight and we'll be dismissed. Number one... The first thing we should consider concerning Christ's return is he will come unannounced. That's what he means when he says in verse number 12, and behold, I come quickly. There are several other passages he's reminded. He gives the illustration of coming like a thief in the night. He's coming unannounced. He's not going to let the world have time. He's not going to put a day on the calendar and put the countdown clock saying the world has this much time to get things together. That's not how he's doing it. You say, well, 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 wouldn't it be fair for him to let the world know? He has let the world know. He has let the world know. He, he came to let the world know. He, he, he came to this planet, and just as they, 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 they ignored the prophets, uh, they, they rejected him, they reject his word today, he has let the world know, you better get ready. You better be ready for his return. He will come unannounced. Have you ever thought about when he might come? Thought about, you know, what's, what's gonna, what is it going to be like when he comes? I've tried to think about that. You know, in an instant, those that are still alive are going to be caught up with him. Well, what, a, what, what, a, what, a, what is that going to be like? If you look at things in this world and you think of the explanation that's going, they're going to try and, that's going to take place, the aliens came. 
You know, there's a big movement right now, people trying to prove that there are really UFOs and, and other universes, and, and you have all of these, quote-unquote, guys, PhDs wanting to, you know, they're trying to find an explanation. What's going to happen when Jesus calls us home and those that are dead have gone on before us, and they're resurrected first? I mean, can you see the spin that's going to take place on MSNBC? On CNN? On Fox News? We have a zombie problem. The graves are open. Friend, you've got to be reminded that those who will be left behind, they, they are blinded, they will be blinded, they will believe a lie. They'll believe everything that they're told. Because it's not, it's not one political party or another who's in charge, it is the prince and power of the air who's the puppet master pulling all of the strings. But when we're called out, it's going to be unannounced. What would happen if the Lord told us exactly when he would come? Pastor, we would be ready. Oh, would we? Because he has told us that he could come today. Are you ready? We sang that great song, It Is Well With My Soul. Is it well with your soul? If Jesus returned today, this was the hour where the unjust would be unjust still. The filthy would be filthy still. And by the way, we were all that way before Christ. But he that is righteous will be righteous forever. There'll be no hope for the lost that tomorrow they can, they, they'll get the gospel and be saved. It'll be too late. Is it well with your soul? He will come unannounced. Let me be very pointed tonight. Christian, how long are you going to put off getting your heart right with God? If we're saved, we are going to be called out of here. But don't you want to be serving when the king calls us home? Don't you want to be on board with his plan to try and reach the world? Don't you want to be living in a way to bring honor and glory to him? He will come unannounced. The point that I'm trying to make with this first truth tonight is to put a sense of urgency in the life of every Christian. Today could be our last day to serve on this side. It could be our last opportunity to give the gospel witness. It could be our last opportunity to be that testimony, to Pray for that individual. He will. It would be the last opportunity for us to surrender those things in our heart and our life. He's coming unannounced. So what do we do if he's coming unannounced? We're supposed to be living like he's coming today. That's why we're told, be careful not to be making too many plans in the future. Because if the Lord will. uh, Number two. Look with me at verse number 12 again. Behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me to give every man according to his work as his work shall be. Notice that phrase, to give every man according as his work shall be. 
And the second statement I'll make tonight, I want us to consider concerning Christ's return, is there will be accountability. We live in a world that wants no accountability for their actions, no accountability for what they say, no accountability for what they do, no accountability for the way they live. That's why this world wants to say they don't believe there's a God because if there's no God, I'm not accountable to Him. That's why decades ago when we began teaching our children that they, they, they came from a monkey instead of being born, uh, given life from a Creator who fashioned them, gave them a purpose, created their life. Once we started doing that, man began to live as if there is no God. If there is no God, I don't have to be accountable. But friend, it doesn't matter what somebody says. In their, says It doesn't matter what somebody chooses to believe. The day is coming when the Lord is returning and He is going to bring accountability with Him. He's going to, as the Scripture says, to give every man according as his work shall be. There's going to be accountability. Friend, let me challenge us tonight as God's people. Don't try and live separate from this book. And and I know what these rebels say from time to time. I'm not accountable to you. And there'll some who'll say, I'm not accountable to the pastor. I'm only accountable to God. Be careful with that. Because it's true. And you will be accountable to God. And you're not, you and I will not be accountable, accountable to our version or our interpretation of what God meant. We will be accountable to what God said. And the, and the movements that you find today, even among religious circles and those that know better, and, and that the, the house of God is not important, the word of God is not important, how we live is not important. Let me tell you, when Jesus comes back, there will be accountability. We will give an account for how we've lived. That takes me to number three, as we see he, he's coming, he's not coming empty-handed. He says that my reward is with me. Rewards, number three, rewards will be given. And I I want you to understand what I believe the Bible is saying here. There's accountability. He's going to give it to every man according as his work shall be, evil and good. Rewards will be given, and he has his reward with him. Everyone is getting a reward When Jesus comes back. Those who have earned hell will be rewarded with it. Those who have trusted Christ for their salvation will be rewarded with heaven. God will give man what he wants. Because accountability will come when Christ returns. But also with that, I believe there is plenty of records in the Scripture of the judgment seat of Christ. This is not the great white throne judgment. We deal with that a few chapters earlier. When those who do not know the Lord, they will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. And they'll hear those words, Depart. I never knew you. But the, the, the rewards for the Christian. At the judgment seat of Christ, we will be rewarded for what we did for Christ. 
we'll be rewarded for the sacrifice we made. We'll be rewarded for the fellowship we had with Him. We'll be rewarded for the faithfulness to, 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 to live in a way that will glorify Him, to give the gospel to the things that He has instructed us to, to do and to be. Rewards will be given. Now, friend, I'm thankful for heaven, and I'm thankful that if we trust Christ, we have an eternity in heaven. That's better than the alternative. Being with our Savior for all of eternity, I, I love reading uh, the book of Revelation, I've already mentioned, but even the beginning of this chapter, there's no more curse. The throne of God shall be in, in this place. Think of that. And of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. And they shall see His face. Try and let your finite mind wrap itself around that. To see the face of the Son of God. To see the face of the one who paid your sin debt. Friend, it's not going to be the face of these depictions that you see. Here's a picture of Jesus. There is, that is not a picture of Jesus. But friend, we're going to see the face of the Son of God. We're going to see Him. Think about that. Boy, and His name shall be in their foreheads. There'll be no doubt who we belong to. And there shall be no night there. They need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. That sounds like a pretty good place to me. Sounds like a place I want to be. Sounds like a place I want to go. And friend, if you know the Lord, that's our future. That's our eternity. But there's an opportunity tonight. I'll mention briefly that don't waste your opportunity to... Earn a reward at the hand of your Savior. And I could preach for the next 10, 15 minutes on, on how, 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 how bad it is and how negligent it is and how ungrateful it is for a child of God to be saved and live their life not doing anything to serve their Savior. Tonight, I don't want to look at it from that standpoint. I want to look at it from the other standpoint that all the sacrifice that you've ever made for the Son of God, it's not going to feel like sacrifice. All of the weariness that you endure in this old flesh as you give your time and you give your energy to His cause, it's not going to feel like sacrifice. And oh, we sacrifice and we give those tithes and we sacrifice for missions and we sacrifice for the building program. We sacrifice for these things. Friend, it's not going to feel like sacrifice. When the Son of God comes again and He has His reward with Him. And friend, the day is coming when there will be accountability. Yes, to those who have rejected Christ. Yes, to those who squandered their life away and did nothing for Him. But He's also bringing His reward with Him. 
He's also bringing his reward because, friend, I promise you, you may serve in the shadows and nobody might, might know what you're doing for him and nobody, nobody might see what you do behind the scenes, but I promise you there is a record in heaven. And you may serve him and say, well, this is just the what I do and, and I'm not doing it for here, but the time's coming when Jesus is coming again and what you did for yourself, there's going to be no record of that. What you did to enrich yourself is going to be record of that. But what you did for him, he's bringing his reward with him. There's going to be a lot of Christians, I think, will be surprised at the rewards that are given to others because they gave their life to him. They sacrificed because they invested in others. How many missionaries are going to have rewards? Nobody knows their name. How many Sunday school teachers... Who never had a class above six, there's going to be rewards because of their faithfulness. I believe if you'll just if if you don't think this is the way it's going to be, you can have it your way. This is the way I think I picture it. And by the way, you don't know any more than I do because you hadn't been there. I mean, for that matter, I hadn't either. But this is the way I think. Because of that investment into his cause. And by the way, that is the work of God. It's people. I want to be involved in ministry. What am I going to Well, find somebody to minister to. Maybe if you give a cup of cold water in his name, it's as if you're giving it to him. I can't find anything to do for the Lord. I just don't think there's anything here for me to do and serve. I got to go find someplace else so I can serve and do. What in the world are you talking about? What you're saying is, I want some recognition, and I want a, a bigger platform to be recognized on, and I want somebody to pat me on the back because I need that. Because, friend, Jacksonville's full of people who would let somebody love them. Jacksonville's full of people who would let somebody give them the gospel. Jacksonville's full of people who would let somebody pray for them, and, and somebody bring them to church, and somebody encourage them, and somebody open the Word of God and say, let me, let me, let me tell you exactly what this is talking about to answer your question. I believe there's plenty of people who would be ministered to. There's people in this church who they would, they would be happy for somebody to encourage them, somebody to help them. There's plenty for us to do for our Savior. And that acknowledgement will come when he brings his reward. Number four, the last statement I'll make concerning his return tonight. Look in verse number 13. Let's read verse 12 and verse 13 together. And behold, I come quickly. By the way, let me remind you once again, there's a lot going on in our world. There's a lot changing in our nation. The world is not setting up for the rise of the Antichrist. It's setting up for the return of Jesus. Things are moving in our nation and in our world that have to take place for Jesus to return, for the rapture to take place. Don't let the media, right or left, scare you what it's going to be like when all these things happen. Pastor, do you believe they're going to happen? I believe a lot of them are going to happen, but I do believe you and I are not going to be here. All I'm saying is don't be scared by the things that are going on in this world. Why? Because he's coming again. He's coming quickly. He's calling us home. 
and this mess is going to be left for somebody else to try and figure it out. But friend, there's going to be a time in this world where they're going to wish that they could die and they won't be able to. Don't let it scare you. And behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. That verse, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the, verse, the first and the last. Can I just sum up that verse with statement number four? It's all about Jesus. He, he's the beginning. He's also the end. He's the first. He's the last. And if he's the beginning and the end... If it's about him in the beginning, if it's about him in the end, it's about him between the beginning and the end. It's all about him. Let's keep our eyes focused on him. Let's keep our minds focused on him. One of the great tools of the devil is distraction. Just to get our eyes in the wrong place. Peter walking on the water is a good example of this. The moment he shifted his eyes from the Savior to anything else, he began to sink. And friend, this, this world we live in, there's a lot of distractions for the child of God. But every once in a while, if I can describe it like this, we need to recalibrate our mind. Don't you hate it when your GPS is recalibrating? Your phone is recalibrating? All those things, getting... Okay, we're getting, getting it back so that we can... No, we need to recalibrate from time to time. Get our mind back on the Lord. Parents, where are your children with the second coming in mind? It's important, and I'm thankful for the ministries here from, from our Sunday school to our Christian school to our Bible college, and throughout they have an opportunity to be recognized for academic achievement, sports achievement, Musical achievement. All of those things are important. If we look at them from the viewpoint of it's preparing us, we're learning from those things so that we can better serve our Savior. But as a parent, I'm sure everybody in here can understand. It's like, well, I wish my child would have gotten recognized for this or this. That's a natural thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, I think they should have been, okay, you might be right. But you know, your child could never win an academic award. They could never win a sports award. They could never win an acknowledgement of achievement in music. Let me remind you to rear your children with the fact that one day Jesus is coming back. He's got rewards in his hand. And at that moment, that promotion at work isn't going to mean as much. That extra zero on your bank account is not going to mean as much. All of the sacrifices you made for a fulfillment from down here on this earth is not going to mean, not only not as much, it's not going to mean anything. What's going to matter is that we used our life to serve him. It's all about Jesus. You know, we are just, in many ways, just 
biding our time for him to call us home. It could be today. We should be busy serving him. What are we going to do with those rewards? You know that. I've preached on this. We read about it. We know this. We're not going to get those rewards so we can run around and say, look at what I got. It's not going to be that way. We're going to take those rewards and we're going to cast them at his feet. We're going to give them back to him as an acknowledgement of what we did for him. Friend, Jesus is coming back. He says, behold, I come quickly. It could be tonight. If not tonight, it could be tomorrow. My challenge is this as we go to the invitation tonight. If you knew he was coming back when the clock struck midnight tonight, what decision would you make now? What would your heart confess? What forgiveness would you grant? Who would you call and witness to one more time? Because when he does return, and let me just challenge us. I know there are many who say, well, we're all, I'm busy, and Pastor, one day when I'm not as busy, then I'm going to jump into some of these ministries, and I'm going to be, be involved in this and be involved in that. What if he comes back before you get back in? Something to ponder. Something to consider tonight. He's coming again. You have difficulty? There are some in this room, you're going to face something this week that you have no idea you're going to face it. And sometimes our reaction is to throw our hands up and say, well, just remember, Jesus is coming back. You, you face affliction as light affliction. Boy, think of how wonderful that time is going to be. We know this, the Bible tells us in a couple of different passages that when that rapture does take place, when we're called out to him, those that have gone on before us are going to be in the air with him. What a time that is going to be. This is as bad as it's ever going to be for you and I. Can I just say, it's pretty good. Because he blesses us, he loves us. It's obvious week after week as a church family, that he does a work here. What a blessing. It's going to be nothing like when he comes back. Friend, let's be ready. Let's be ready. Let's tell others. Why should we be busy with fulfilling the Great Commission? Why should we <clears throat> urge our children to give their life to the Lord and to use their life to, 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 to see people saved and to, to surrender themselves and, and not to give it to the, the, the American dream? Why? Because He is coming back. And He says, I come quickly. The day is coming where there will be no more discussions of what did He mean by this or what does this passage mean? It will be over. Because I'm coming again, and I'm bringing accountability with me. I'm bringing reward with me. And the filthy will remain filthy. The righteous will remain righteous. Friend, I'm thankful that I'm considered righteous because my sins are covered under the blood of Christ. And that's the record for eternity. My friend, as we encounter people... 
this week. Maybe he's just like, we, we know the Spirit of God says, you've got you to invite them to church. You've got to ask them about their salvation. Like, oh, I'm busy. Or they look mean. Or nobody wants to know. Won't you think about the fact that he's coming again? And if they're not saved, and they don't get saved before he comes, they'll remain that way for eternity. Friend, let's consider these truths tonight. Father, we love you. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for sending your son.